sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome to hour number two of a Tuesday live right here on the morning after on Sports Grid. Sirius XM channel 159. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All around the Sports Grid network as well. I am Ben Stevens. We start this second hour with some immediate breaking news. It just came to be in the last couple of minutes. I mean, this tweet that you will see on your screen posted at 9.57 a.m. Eastern time. It is about to be 10.03 a.m. Eastern time. CNBC is reporting that the PGA Tour is merging with Live Golf. This would be a tremendous breaking news update in the world of golf to have these two rival leagues now coming together as one of course live golf is backed by the saudi arabian public investment fund an entity controlled by the saudi crown prince these two sides have been engaged in legal battles for the last year and a half since live golf came to be some of the biggest names on live golf defecting in part from the PGA Tour, having their tour membership revoked by PGA Tour Commissioner Jay Monahan. This deal, as CNBC is reporting, would end all pending litigation between the PGA Tour and Live Golf. That's the update that we have for you right now. Again, CNBC is reporting that the PGA Tour is agreeing to merge with the Saudi-backed rival Live Golf Series. That would see the two competitors that have been engaged in legal battles for the better part of the last 18 months ending all pending litigation between those two sides, the PGA Tour and Live Golf, as they have agreed to merge again. That is the breaking news report in the last six or seven minutes or so from CNBC. Any further updates that we have to that story, we will provide later on in this second hour of the morning after or all throughout the day across the sports grid network elsewhere in the world of sports we check in on the national football league some big news yesterday as well as it pertains to the indianapolis colts an unnamed player officially from the nfl is under investigation for perhaps breaking the league's gambling policy however further media reports have said that player is isaiah Rodgers Sr., a sixth-round draft pick for Indianapolis back in the 2020 NFL draft, who had the best year of his career last year, starting nine games and was expected to make a significant impact for Indianapolis's secondary this upcoming season. As the reports indicate, again, nothing has been officially cited that it is Isaiah Rogers Sr. from the National Football League, although the Colts have said they have received a notice from the NFL into that possible investigation of somebody breaking the rules when it comes to the league's gambling policy. As the reports say, Isaiah Rogers placed about 100 bets, including on Colts games. So if that is the case, of course, that would receive a very harsh punishment excuse me, from the National Football League. The integrity of the game played within the white lines and the overall product 
is the biggest thing the NFL always protects. We saw Calvin Ridley get suspended for an entire NFL season for placing bets on an Atlanta Falcons game when he was a member of Atlanta back two years ago. Nothing official from the league yet about a player or what exactly was bet on, but reports stating that Isaiah Rogers Sr., a member of the Indianapolis Colts placed about 100 bets, including on NFL games that featured his team, the Indianapolis Colts. A welcome to our Sports Grid radio audience here. A wild start to hour number two of the morning after. Sirius XM, Channel 159. All around the Sports Grid radio network as well. All of our radio terrestrial affiliates now in the mix. I am Ben Stevens. A reminder of the breaking news we brought you off the top of this hour. Within the last 10 minutes, CNBC is reporting that the PGA Tour has agreed to merge with the rival Live Golf Series. If that is the case, this deal would eliminate all pending litigation between these two sides that have been embroiled in legal battles for a good portion of time. Any further updates that we have to that story, we will bring you over this next hour together some big news again around the national football league yesterday in terms of this late point in the offseason the early summer months and the buffalo bills adding to their roster signing leonard floyd to a one-year deal leonard floyd heads to buffalo after three years with the los angeles rams he was a member of their super bowl 56 winning team and in his three seasons in los angeles leonard floyd registered at least nine sacks all three of those campaigns and 55 total tackles at least in all three of his years with the Rams. Yes, he's 30 years old and about to enter year number eight in the National Football League, but it still seems like Leonard Floyd has plenty left in the tank. This follows a weekend when Buffalo solidified that defensive line, signing Ed Oliver to an extension as well. Four years, $68 million, 45 of that Guarantee that has been a priority for Buffalo this offseason two big additions and one staying for the Buffalo Bills over the weekend a new stadium on the way for the Buffalo Bills and will this finally be the year that Buffalo makes some noise into the AFC title game they have been bounced in the divisional round by the Chiefs and the Bengals in the last two NFL seasons that does it for this first segment of hour number two of the morning after. We're back live right here on TMA in just a few minutes. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Time to go around the daily basis live right here on this Tuesday on the morning after on Sports Grid and Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens. Craig Mish joins us live right here on TMA, the host of Newswire starting at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and our Major League Baseball insider here across the grid as well. Craig, in about 40 minutes or so when Newswire begins, I'm sure there will be further updates to the story we started off our number two with the big breaking news this morning the PGA Tour in Live Golf according to reports are agreeing to merge we don't know a ton yet Craig in terms of information but I'm sure we'll know some more starting at 11 a.m. Eastern time regardless we appreciate your time here on the morning after yeah I love breaking news 
during shows, I'm sure, like you do, like players in, players out, and, and line changes and things like that. But this story in particular, I am glad that there's another hour <laughs> to go before my show starts because there yeah. is no details whatsoever how two leagues that were so divisive against each other are just merging, hugging it out, but nothing else. There's no other details at the moment. So, uh, Ben, you're on the air for the next 40 minutes. I don't envy you on this story. But, yes, by 11 o'clock Eastern, I would guess that we'll have a lot more to unpack with this crazy story. Craig, very few details at the moment. As we said, according to the initial report from CNBC, this would end all pending litigation between these two rival series that has been going on for the better part of two years. And according to Sean Zock, who works for Golf Magazine in a statement released by Jay Monahan, who is the commissioner of the PGA Tour. I'm not sure what his new title might be in this newly formed league. He said, quote, after two years of disruption and distraction, this is a historic day for the game we all know and love. End quote. We'll see what we get in terms of further information and details later on here in the next couple of minutes and certainly at the start at 11 a.m. Eastern time of Newswire. All right, Craig, we'll focus because there's so much uncertainty on what we know today around the Major League Baseball diamond. So we start with a really good matchup in Texas between the Cardinals and the Rangers. Craig, over the weekend, Texas sweeping their divisional foe in Seattle. The Rangers right now, the second best record in all of the bigs. There was some hope for a time for St. Louis but they find themselves in the cellar of the National League Central once again after getting swept themselves by the Pittsburgh Pirates over the weekend. So, Craig, as we get ready to start or to see this series play out again today in Texas, what do you make of where both of these teams stand at the moment? Yeah, very interesting, I think, on both sides. You mentioned they find themselves, the Cardinals do, at the bottom of the National League Central. They find themselves at the bottom of the National League. They have the worst record in the National League to date. There's no way anybody could have seen that coming. That, to me, is one of the bigger surprises of the season. I saw the Cardinals a ton in spring training. They look pretty good to me. I mean, I, I don't know, but I, obviously their pitching has not been good. On the flip side, the Texas Rangers seem to be dialing it back, Ben, to those days. Remember with that old ballpark in Arlington where they had that wind tunnel where there was just a bunch of home runs hit. The Rangers' offense and other teams are having success there, too. Now, listen, the run differential for Texas is incredible. They arguably have been the best team in the American League this season, not naming Tampa Bay. Uh, but tonight's game in particular is interesting because Dane Dunning is pitching for Texas. He's pretty good. Libertor, I mean, for all intents and purposes, maybe the Cardinals' best pitcher at the end of the season. The total is nine and a half, so it does seem a little high. But I don't think that you can fade that trend that's going on right now with all those runs being scored. So I'm not the biggest over fan in baseball, especially when it comes to a team like the St. Louis Cardinals that have just been so inconsistent. But I think that would be my lean today is just to continue to ride the offense of Texas and fade the pitching of the Cardinals. The Rangers might have enough offensively to get to the over themselves. The most runs scored this year in MLB, 380 for Texas. The best run differential, as Craig alluded to, plus 153. A key component, Craig, of that offense for Texas, the man they signed two off-seasons ago from Toronto and Marcus Simeon, riding a 24-game hitting streak at the moment. Craig, what level of play is Simeon at at the plate currently for the Rangers? Yeah, I don't know that we'll ever see the year that he had that final season. I believe it was in Toronto where he was just incredible. Uh, you know, the Rangers signed him to be that guy, and clearly he was not in the first year of that deal. But, boy, that is really paying off in a big way. 
he has been one of those players that just sort of flew under the radar for several years, Ben, in Oakland and then in Toronto, and then, you know, gets that big contract. And, and maybe it was just too much for him in that first year, but he is clicking on all cylinders at this point. I don't think that he's going to win the American League MVP, but he's going to be in that conversation. Great year for Simeon, one of the leaders of that team. Remember, he and Corey Seager were those two guys that they signed to uh, man the middle of that infield. Seager missed some time, but now he's back. Uh, so, yeah, great year for Simeon. I can only say really good things about him. If You know, again, if there were you know, wagers that you could have a player to finish in the top five of MVP voting or something like that, I think yeah. Simeon has a shot at that. Maybe that's something to think about, Ben, in the future. Shohei Otani still the odds-on favorite to win the American League MVP. That also feels fitting. Craig, right now, as we look at the National League Central, like we mentioned, the cards in the bottom of the division, the worst record in the National League. That is not the case for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who won their sixth consecutive game yesterday, coming back to topple the Oakland Athletics in the Buccos, currently right now in the top spot in the NL Central. Craig, how do you evaluate Pittsburgh at this point of the Major League Baseball season? Yeah, they've, they've really had a great year from start to finish. It's pretty obvious that this is a young team that's going to be formidable in a couple of years, but arguably their best young player, O'Neal Cruz, has had nothing to do with it this season, which is sort of yeah. remarkable. But getting Reynolds signed to that long-term extension, bringing in Andrew McCutcheon, and getting the performance that we've seen out of the starting pitcher that's going to go tonight, we'll talk about him in a little while. Uh, yeah, there's there's no doubt that Pittsburgh is probably going to be in this till the end. Now, again, what does that mean? Does 85 wins capture the NL Central? That certainly seems possible. The Cubs got off to that good start. Yeah. They have not performed well since. We mentioned the Cardinals. They're not playing well. Milwaukee really is that team that you would think at some point will just jump in front of Pittsburgh and separate themselves. That hasn't happened either. So Pittsburgh clearly playing very good baseball. But again, let's get real. They're playing against right. Oakland right now, and it's really, really, I would say, depressing is the word to watch the Oakland A's play, Ben. They have 50 yeah. losses on June the 6th, Ben. I mean, uh, unprecedented poorness from a Major League Baseball team and shameful that this has to happen over the course of a season. A negative run differential, Craig, of minus 213. The next worst is the Kansas City Royals at minus 78. Just think about how large that gap is. Craig, the Pittsburgh Pirates, like we mentioned, now atop the National League Central through the first month of the Major League Baseball season. The Buccos got off to the best start in the National League. They won 20 of their first 28. Then they dropped 19 of their next 25. Now on a six-game win streak. Craig, whether by winning the division or maybe in the wild card in the NL, are the Pittsburgh Pirates a playoff team in 2023? I'm going to say no, but I think that they're going to play until the end. I think that what would be required is them sort of getting out of their comfort zone, Ben, and adding some players financially at the deadline. I'm not sure that they would be willing to do that. It almost feels like Pittsburgh is, is last year's Baltimore to a degree, where hmm. I think they finish around 500, get excited, and then next year take a big step forward. But simply put, I just don't know that they have enough starting pitching, let's say three through five, and enough consistent hitting at the end of the day to win the division. I, I still think Milwaukee at this point has to. I, at this point, I'm, I'm, I'm not writing off the Cardinals, Ben, but they're just supremely disappointing. And like, at some point, are they going to turn it on? I, I don't know. I don't see it. The Brewers only a half game behind Pittsburgh at this point, and they are still the favorites to win the National League Central. Milwaukee hosts Baltimore today in Wisconsin. They're a minus-126 home money line favorite. Craig, quickly here, the DFS slate for this Tuesday. What do you got for us? 
Yeah, we're going to go to the top here. And, and Ben, look, Oakland is just not winning any games. I mean, they're not winning any baseball games, like zero. Nope. So I, I know he's going to be heavily owned, but you got to go with Keller tonight, the starter for the Pittsburgh Pirates. You just have to do it. I know he's the highest priced guy, so we got to go cheap in the end. Let's take somebody at Colorado. We'll go Blake Sable, the outfielder, 3,200. But Ben, Oakland, two wins from their starting pitchers all season crazy yikes things are bad for the a's craig thank you more the morning after next sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com Back right here live on the morning after on SportsGrid. A Tuesday here on TMA. A ton to get to here in our second hour. We'll give you that Stanley Cup final update in just a moment. But as we let off hour number two, the breaking news this morning in the world of sports, the world of golf. The PGA Tour has agreed to merge with the Live Golf Series. When that deal goes through, it ends all pending litigation that has been playing out over the past two years between these two rivals. Now, partners, as we get going here, some of the important parts of the information that we are getting on a live basis here under the terms of the new agreement the board of directors of this new entity will oversee and direct all the new entities golf related commercial operations business and investments the new entity will work to ensure a cohesive schedule of events that will be exciting for fans sponsors and all stakeholders pif the public investment fund that is the financial arm of the saudi arabian government will initially be the exclusive investor into the new entity alongside the pga tour live golf and the dp world tour that is the former european tour so still a ton to iron out here into these details we'll bring you more updates through out this final 35 minutes or so of the morning after and they will have plenty more from you for you excuse me on newswire starting at 11 a.m eastern time it appears that all three of those entities the pga tour live golf and the dp world tour will remain their own separate entities but a, co a commercial tying of all three together again a ton to cipher through like what happens with brooks kepka and dustin johnson do they come back those live golfers to the pga tour having their memberships now reinstated what happened to the money they took as they signed on with the live golf series what does it look like to qualify for the pga tour or remain a member of live golf will we be able to move between all three as a professional golfer including the dp world tour there is a ton to get to here with this huge breaking news story coming out on this tuesday morning all right again further updates later on in this show right now we welcome off from the nhl Anna Dua joining us here on this Tuesday morning to recap game number two of the 2023 Stanley Cup final and pay it forward through the rest of this cup final series. Anna, thank you so much, as always, for taking the time to join us here on the morning after. Sad we're not sitting next to each other in studio <laughs> on this Tuesday like we were last week, but still very glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. A lot to talk about. Lots changed since last Tuesday, Ben. 
A lot has changed because Anna, at that time, getting ready for the 2023 Stanley Cup Final, the odds were really close. We expected a competitive series. Vegas, a minus-125 series favorite, but not far behind. The underdogs, who didn't feel like underdogs in the Florida Panthers, at a plus-105 number entering the series. But those odds, drastically different on this Tuesday morning, following another offensive onslaught from Vegas last night at home on home ice in Las Vegas. The Golden Knights taking a commanding 2-0 series advantage with a 7-2 victory last night in game number two over Florida. Vegas scored five goals, Anna, in the opening game of the Cup Final. Seven last night. What has Vegas found offensively that has been so successful here in the Cup Final? I mean, I talked a little bit about Sergei Bobrovsky and the role he's played for the Florida Panthers this entire postseason, and we're kind of seeing that in this cup final because he's not been on his A game. Florida's been allowing the most shots on goal per game among any team in the NHL this postseason, and Bobrovsky has been playing lights-out hockey before this series, and when he's not on his A game, you kind of see what's going on there, and Vegas just had an onslaught on him. He got pulled in game two. This is not what Florida needs right now because he was really carrying them throughout the this entire postseason but the Golden Knights team is so deep you see how many different goal scorers they have this postseason in this series alone even and it's really tough for anyone to stop in Florida I feel like the rest versus rust debate is kind of appearing a little bit and Florida wasn't really prepared for what Vegas has brought so far I don't think so either. Sergei Bobrovsky, Anna, was the star for Florida in their first three series. He was pulled last night midway through that second period with his team down 4 nothing to Las Vegas. When you look at all the goals scored last night, seven for the Golden Knights, Anna. Jonathan Marchessault led the way with two for the Golden Knights, but Jack Eichel assisting on each of those two goals. Who has been the biggest star for Vegas so far through these first two games? I think it has to be Jonathan Marsh. So his goal scoring started in the third round and has continued into the Stanley Cup final. I mean, he's scoring every single night. There's not a game that goes by where he doesn't find the back of the net. Having a multi-goal game in game two, I think, kind of sealed him as the consmite favorite right now. He's definitely been the biggest part in terms of productivity for the Vegas offense. But you got to give Jack Eichel credit, even though he isn't finding the back of the net. He's been a playmaker throughout this entire postseason, taking that huge hit from Kachak coming back on the ice and setting up a goal. You got to give him credit for that as well and Vegas there's just so much depth I talked about William Carlson yeah. a little bit Jonathan Marchestow Jack Eichel the list goes on and on for how many of these guys contribute night after night and that's what makes Vegas so dangerous as a team so the Golden Knights hold a 2-0 series advantage as we get ready for game number three on Thursday back in Sunrise, Florida. Anna, will we see a return from the man we called Bob all throughout this Stanley Cup postseason? Do you expect at a certain point here in this cup final, Sergei Bobrovsky to bounce back in net for Florida? I think he has to if Florida hopes to remain competitive and even win one game against this Vegas squad, but you really don't know. I mean, game two was not at all what I expected. I thought it would be closer than game one. I thought Florida would bounce back and have a little bit competitive edge, and they completely did not. Vegas was way more dominant in game two than they were in game one, and they're carrying that momentum to Florida. Florida's been a phenomenal road team this entire postseason. Vegas kind of squandered that in these first two games at home, and it's just tough. If Sergei Bobrov 
Slavsky loses his momentum, and he's been a very inconsistent goalie over the past couple of seasons. That's not what Florida wants. He's not a guy who's been like yeah. rock solid for a couple of years now. He wasn't even supposed to be their starter this postseason, took over the crease, and has been great ever since. But you don't want to see him break at a time like this. And on the other side of the ice, Aiden Hill looks phenomenal right now. you got to give him credit as well. So if I'm Florida, I'm getting really worried for games three and four. Sergei Bobrovsky riding that playoff momentum into the cup final, but it's been his counterpart, Aiden Hill, that has had the upper hand. The second best price right now for Hill at 4 to 1, plus 400 to win the Conn Smythe Award, the Stanley Cup postseason MVP. The odds on favorite into minus money for the first time, Anna. Jonathan Marcheseau, who scored two goals last night for Vegas. Jack Eichel, though, Anna, there with the third best price at 6 to 1. Who's your pick to win the Conn Smythe right now? I think it's Marchessault's a trophy to lose at this point just because game two, I mean, he has a multi-goal game. He's on an insane goal-scoring streak. He just has so many key goals and key moments for this Vegas team over the past couple of games and these past couple of rounds for Vegas. And ever since he got going, he really hasn't stopped. So, honestly, I think that's the one I'm leaning towards. But you got to give Aiden Hill so much credit. He's played phenomenal hockey. He wasn't supposed to be the starter either. The only thing going against Aiden Hill for the Conn Smythe in my eyes is just the amount of games he's played this postseason hasn't been too much and so he hasn't been there for yeah. the entire run but ever since he took over played great hockey the Stanley Cup final I feel like Vegas is scoring so many goals so we're not really like taking into account how well uh, Aiden Hill is playing but he's been so great throughout yeah. this entire first two games of the Stanley Cup final Jonathan Marchessault has scored in each of the first two games three goals in total three straight games he has scored a goal six of the last seven he has tickled the twine for the Golden Knights right now Vegas is nearly a minus 500 favorite to win the Stanley Cup outright the Florida Panthers still the underdog but still comfortable in that position and as we get ready to head to Sunrise Florida for game number three on Thursday has the magic run out on this run for the Panthers in the Stanley Cup playoffs? I didn't think it would, to be honest, but based off of games one and two, I feel like it has. I, I, It's a struggle for Florida right now to even win one game in this series just because Vegas is playing such a different style of hockey, and it seems like the Panthers are just unprepared for a team that's that fast and that deep. And it's tough to lose momentum, like big momentum in games one and two, the way Florida has. They just haven't looked competitive. They're taking a lot of penalties. They look a bit rattled, and Vegas kind of capitalized on that. And Sergei Bobrovsky not playing playing his best hockey in the time when it matters the most is really the key difference maker because for me despite how great of a postseason Matthew Kachuk was having and all of those Florida offense guys I feel like Sergei Bobrovsky was the X factor because he was lights out and just yeah. breaking at this time I don't know if Florida can recover that I don't know if they have a team that can really overcome that loss in net especially when you're playing against a squad like Vegas. Anna, that was the point that you were making here last week in this studio, that Sergei Bobrovsky was really that differentiating factor for Florida on this magical run. At least there is some optimism for the Panthers, favored in game number three back on home ice. Currently, it's a minus 122 number. Anna, only about a minute left in this segment. How would a change of venue potentially change what the Panthers do for game number three? 
It's tough because any other team, I would have been a little bit more positive, but the Panthers like playing as an underdog night after night, and the Panthers like playing on the road this postseason. So coming home, yep. they just got to hope and take this series separate from the rest of the postseason they've had so far and try to get some momentum from their home crowd. But honestly, the odds really aren't in their favor with the trends we've seen so far these playoffs. But Florida's got to win at least one right now at home. If they lose game three, it's going to be really tough to avoid a sweep, I think. What is your prediction now, Anadua? How do you feel about the Stanley Cup final? Who wins and in how many games? I said Florida in six last week with you guys in studio. I'm completely changing that. I'm going Vegas in five right now. Yeah, the most likely outcome on the board, as you see right there. It's a plus 220 price for the Golden Knights to win their first ever Stanley Cup in just five games. Anadua from the NHL, we appreciate your time as always. More of the morning after. Up next, live right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here on a Tuesday on the morning after on SportsGrid. Series XM Channel 159 and all around the SportsGrid network. I am Ben Stevens. Very pleased right now to welcome in Chantel Chand to help us make a band and get ready for the game number three of the 2023 NBA Finals tomorrow night in Miami and make sense of some other things happening around this NBA offseason already. Chantel, thank you so much for joining us here as always on this Tuesday on TMN. Yeah, thanks for, so much for having me, Ben. Appreciate it. Chantel, all of our heads are spinning at the moment. With the big news this morning, the PGA Tour is merging with the Rival Live Golf Series and still trying to figure out those details and how it all adds up, if at all. Our heads were also doing that yesterday, early in the afternoon hours of Monday, when we got the report from FanDuel TV Sham Sharania that Kyrie Irving had reached out to LeBron James about not heading to L.A. together, but possibly playing together in Dallas. Chantel, let's start with this. Does it make sense at all to see Kyrie and LeBron team up potentially with Luka in Dallas? I mean, does it really, though, Ben? Because I think this is all a ploy because Kyrie probably just wants to join LeBron wherever he's had. It doesn't really make sense for LeBron to go over to the Mavs because then he would have to take a pay cut. His son is also going to be playing at USC. He would have to move away from L.A., which, of course, his company is out there, too. He's doing lots of work. And I don't know if it necessarily makes sense. I mean, it would be a very good team if you had a guy like Luka, Kyrie, and LeBron. But I don't think it necessarily makes sense for LeBron and of course we heard rumors earlier in the season that LeBron and Draymond were both going to go to Dallas but I'm really thinking Kyrie Irving is putting this out here because listen LeBron has what two years left on his Lakers deal Kyrie Irving is looking for that four-year deal do the Mavs even yep. give him that deal if you think about all the controversy that has been around him since you know the last few years especially when you know he was out in Brooklyn and it's like does a team really want to attach themselves a team like the Dallas Mavericks, who have arguably one of the best players in the league, like Luka Doncic, do you want to pair him up with a guy like Kyrie Irving that's kind of been a headache? Like, let's be serious here. And so, you know, you're taking a look at the Laker games. Kyrie Irving is sitting courtside, dapping up LeBron, and you're like, okay, like, Kyrie really wants to play with LeBron here. So I think there's more of a chance 
there's been talk about this as well that Kyrie possibly signs with the Lakers and maybe that's where he ends up but I don't see LeBron leaving LA taking a pay cut to go play with Luka Doncic and uh, possibly Kyrie Irving yeah I don't think that's going to happen I think Chantel you are spot on in the idea of leverage here and LeBron James and Kyrie Irving reinstating that they want to play together reinforcing that idea to start off this NBA offseason listen the Heat and the Nuggets still playing in the 2023 NBA Finals but the 28 other teams already into the offseason and as we well know around the association the summer drama that we see in the NBA a part of the fun as well but we focus on the basketball remaining we look back on game number two Sunday night in the mile high city the Miami Heat winning outright once again in fact for the 10th time in this playoff run as an underdog 111 108 over the Denver Nuggets Chantel as you look back on game number two between the Heat and the Nuggets what was the biggest adjustment Miami made Probably putting Jimmy Butler on a guy like Jamal Murray, that caused some problems. And you look at what Kevin Love did to a guy like Aaron Gordon, who had 12 points in the game, but he obviously had an impact on how Aaron Gordon played. And the Miami Heat played great defensively. Denver had a lead, and they blew it. Coming into this series, everyone was talking about how the Nuggets were the better offensive team. But you got to take a look at Miami's run. When they were playing the Bucks. everyone was like, there's no way they beat the Bucks. Look at what they did to them. When they played the Knicks, everyone was talking about how the Knicks had more depth and then the Miami Heat showed that they had more depth as well and when you take a look at the series against the Celtics everyone was talking about how you know the Celtics were the better offensive team and it kind of brings me back to before they started this series playing Denver everyone was talking about how they didn't think that Miami could keep up with Denver's offense and have I mean what did they have like 17 threes they shot 49 percent from three and the field that is ridiculous and then you take a look at Denver where was Michael Porter Jr.? He had five mm. points in the game. I think that's a stat we need to talk about. I've said before on SportsGrid earlier this year that I think if MPJ can put up like 20 points a game, they're always going to have a chance to win. But the guy can't struggle, and he really did. And it just comes down to like role players like Gabe Vincent, who's been showing out for the Miami Heat. And you take a look at a guy like Kyle Lowry. Now, Kyle Lowry, very good defensively. We know that he has championship experience. And he doesn't have to do too much. I think he hit like two threes in that game. That's solid for a guy like Kyle Lowry. So when we talk about offensively, Miami really made the adjustments. But here's the thing. I expect Michael Malone to make those adjustments for Denver as well as yeah. you know they head to South Beach where was Michael Porter Jr. in game number two on the bench he only played 26 minutes despite starting for the Denver Nuggets as Chantel alluded to just five points only one of six from beyond the arc he was two of 11 from three in game number one despite scoring 14 points he needs to shoot better from deep so maybe Chantel it wasn't Nikola Jokic just scoring a ton and not looking to facilitate in game number two maybe it was his teammates just simply not knocking down shots it's not often Chantel that you could say the best player on planet earth is going to score 41 points and his team is going to lose a basketball game but that's what happened in game number two in fact the three times Jokic has scored 40 or more in this playoff run for Denver they have lost all three of those games so was it a bad game perhaps for Nikola Jokic to score 41 points Chantel 
No, I think Jokic is going to get his, right? I mean, you take a look at his assist number, though. Four assists, nobody around him is really doing much, if you actually think about it. And when you take a look at how Jamal Murray was matched up against Jimmy Butler, there were some issues there. But they need the role players to step up, because what, what have we been saying about Denver all season long? They've got depth. Right, they need guys like KCP. Bruce Brown had a pretty decent game, but they need Aaron Gordon and Michael Porter Jr. to have big games. It can't just be Jokic. Jokic is going to get his. He can drop 50 if he wants to. He's going to have a double double every night. Jokic is going to do Jokic things. Not necessarily about him. It's the guys around him. And as you know, in the playoffs, that's how you win championships. You take a look at the Miami Heat. Guys like you know Gabe Vincent and you know Struess are doing big things, and that's what Denver needs to do. It can't just be. Jokic. Jokic every night so yeah. you know he's gonna get his and even if Jokic has like 30 and 15 that's a good game for him right we're not expecting him to drop 40 or 50 points a game but he will if he has to because that's how bad they want to win but it's the guys around him really that have to score and step up it's a really really good point Chantel a bad game no Eric Spolstra balked at that idea as well to let him score that's not what we're doing he's just that good to score 41 points it's the fact that we have to work so hard around everywhere on the defensive side of the floor to pick up a victory so Chantel we're tied at one game all in the 2023 NBA finals Denver has a win Miami has a win right now the Nuggets remain a minus 270 favorite to win this series outright and bring home their first ever Larry O'Brien trophy minus 270 for the Nuggets as a team it's minus 260 for Nikola Jokic to win the NBA Finals MVP very similar numbers so it would seem Chantel if Denver wins Jokic wins but what about Miami's side of things as you see Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo have much shorter numbers compared to one another than they had before the series got started yeah, it's hard to not go with a guy like Jimmy Buckets. Lots of value there, plus 430 as well. If you think about Miami and its run, sometimes Jimmy's doing things that doesn't even show up on the stat sheet. Like, he's everywhere on the floor. He's a two-way player. So I like Jimmy Butler. If Miami was to win the NBA finals and you know hoist the larry ob i think jimmy butler would be the best bet there you know you might see a guy like bam out of bio be in the running but let's be serious here Jokic dropped 41 points last night right it's unfortunate for bam he's not going to be able to stop him but i just think if it's miami it's going to be jimmy if it's Denver, clearly going to be Jokic. so when we look at the series prices like i mentioned denver remains a minus 270 odds on favorite they were minus 800 though entering game number two they were nearly a five dollar favorite before the nba finals got underway miami remains the pretty long shot underdog here Chantel. should the series odds be more competitive than what they are indicating at the moment yeah, I think they should be a lot more competitive, especially because Miami's going home and they stole one in Denver. And everybody was talking about how Denver might sweep them, beat them in five. Oh, this wasn't a good series. But Miami has proved haters wrong all year long. And when I take a look at those odds, I mean, if you want to bet on Miami, hey, there's a chance because they play really good at home. What, what do they have, like two losses at home in the postseason? And they're going back to Miami for game three. It's a very good chance that they could be up in the series 2-1 after game three. It is a very good chance, although right now the Heat's still an underdog for game number three, getting two and a half points on the spread. 
for tomorrow night. Chantel, from a series perspective, I think it's more competitive than a lot of people expected, but how much longer does it go tied at one game all? Chantel, what is your prediction? Might we see the 2023 NBA Finals go the distance and get to seven games? I think there's a possibility, but I said at the beginning of this series that Denver would win in six games. I think every game is going to be competitive. The thing with Denver, sometimes they're a little bit untrustworthy when they get in those scoring slumps, and we've seen them do it. They did it in game two, and that's where Miami has really taken charge because you know that they're going to play good defense. Eric Spolstra is going to be making the adjustments, but I think all around, Denver is the better team. We've been talking about them all year long. We didn't think Miami would be here, but they've been playing very well in the postseason. And then you think about the addition of Tyler Hero. When he comes back, how is that going to affect the chemistry? Because let's be serious here. Miami's been playing better without him. So once they implement him into, you know, the roster again, and he's going to be playing again, is that going to mess up the chemistry? Because you got guys like Struess and Gabe Vincent and Kyle Lowry that are playing well and in their roles. Kyle Lowry's coming off the bench. But some minutes are going to be taken away from those guys once Tyler Hero comes back. And I think that's going to change some things. And then you take a look at Denver. They've been consistent all season long. No one's really talked about them at one point. I think they were like a plus 850 to make the finals when uh, Phoenix made the trade for Kevin Durant. So I yep. think Denver also has a chip on their shoulder as well, which is kind of interesting because they've been the best team all year in the West. Um, so I'm still going to rock with Denver. I think they get it done in six, but I do think it's a very good chance that Miami goes up 2-1 after tomorrow night so we'll see what exactly is in store for game number three we await the official status of tyler hero for the third game of the nba finals tomorrow in miami Chantel, you said it right there the heat booked as a two and a half point underdog will miami went outright as a dog for the 11th time in this playoff run and take that 2-1 series lead I think they do. I think the biggest adjustment that they made last game was having Jimmy Butler on Jamal Murray. And then you look at what Kevin Love did to Aaron Gordon. And if we don't see Michael Porter Jr. turn it around in this game, Denver's going to have some problems. Miami's playing at home. They've lost like two games in the postseason this year, and they're coming into this one with momentum. I think they actually get one at home. But after four games, it's going to be tied 2-2. But I really like Miami on the money line. Uh, straight up home win for them, game three. Listen, as a dog so far, 16 times for the Heat in these playoffs, 12 and 4 against the spread, 10 outright victory. Chantel Chan, thank you as always for your time. Great to have you here on the morning after. Thanks so much for having me, Ben. Appreciate it. We round out the show up next, live right here on Sports. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Back right here on the morning after. Live right here on this Tuesday on SportsGrid and Sirius XM Channel One. 59. That is the home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. All around the Sports Grid Network, and that now includes the new Sports Grid app. All of our information available for download at the Apple App Store. There is a ton to break down. You can get the latest news, everything you need around your favorite sports, your favorite teams, your favorite leagues. Right there when you scan the QR code to get the new Sports Grid app on your phone. 
immediately. I'm sure there will be further news updates on the new Sports Grid app and starting on Newswire in just a few moments about the big breaking news on this Tuesday morning. The PGA Tour agreeing to merge with Live Golf. A ton of details to iron through. But what we know at this point is that Jay Monahan in a press release now the new CEO of this new joint entity the former PGA Tour commissioner calls it a day unifying the world of golf what we have right now in terms of an understanding of these two rivals that have been rivals engaged in a lot of legal battles over the better portion of the last two years is that this new agreement would end all pending litigation but this all happened this morning virtually out of nowhere a couple of minutes before 10 a.m eastern time just not out of nowhere for us but even for players involved in both of these golf leagues pga tour players as it has been reported for the large part were kept in the dark here finding out the news like the rest of us on twitter even one of the young stars of this sport a major champion in colin morikawa tweeting out just a little bit ago i love finding out morning news on twitter further reports saying the pga tour did, didn't communicate this to players at all they found out the same time we did a ton to get to and they will continue to bring you those big news updates on newswire starting in just a few moments we'll be back tomorrow on a wednesday on the morning after at 9 a.m eastern time i'm ben stevens we'll talk tomorrow